Welcome to the Careers, Employability and Skills podcast from Queen's University Belfast. This episode was recorded during Go Global Week 2021 and features Queen's University students Michelle Edwards, Emer Mullen and Thomas Burke Webb and is hosted by Conleth Burns. Uh, good afternoon everyone and welcome uh, to our, our third uh, information session um, during Go Global Week. Um, it's great to see so many um, of these registered and, and joining us today. Um, we're going to look at um, we're going to focus on Europe um, today for looking at some, um, some of the programs that are available. Um, in today's session we'll, we'll give you an introduction to ourselves and the Global Opportunities team. Um, and the service that we provide um, to students. Uh, this session will include an overview of the, the opportunities for you to, to study, uh, work and volunteer abroad. Um, and we see it as a good starting point um, for your research. Um, and we would also encourage you to, to attend some of the other uh, information sessions running um, through Global Week, including the International Fair, which takes place tomorrow from 12 to 2. Um, you'll also get a chance to hear from three students, Michelle, Emer, and Thomas, um, who have been out on Erasmus placements um, and get to hear about their experience and how they got on as well. Um, but before we, we talk about um, or hear about their experiences or talk about the programmes, um, it, still, it still feels really strange to be talking um, to you today about global opportunities. Um, although a, a degree of normality has returned, um, we are all still experiencing the effect of the pandemic in, in some way. Um, last academic year, um, some of the opportunities that we promoted have been cancelled or changed to virtual offerings. Um, this brought, for us, this brought a new way of working um, and we had to reevaluate what we could offer students. Uh, the university also took the decision not to allow students to travel in semester one. But during semester two, we managed to get some students um, out on study and work placements uh, abroad as the restrictions eased. Um, although there are a few of the opportunities um, that we promote that will, uh, will not run during this academic year uh, due to the pandemic, um, we can still offer a good range of work, study and volunteering opportunities. And a, a risk assessment process has been put in place to ensure and maintain your safety. Um, the university uh, continues to closely monitor um, the, the global pandemic situation and the travel advice issued by the Foreign and Commonwealth Office. Um, so we're hopeful that as we move forward into semester two, that uh, we'll return to a full complement of offerings. Um, the also the other obstacle which we are encountering is Brexit. Um, students who hold a UK passport will have to apply for a visa to study or work in their home in their in their host country. Um, this process has proved difficult with um, delays in processing, long appointment waiting lists, added costs, and constantly changing guidance. Um, and 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 requirements and this does put a lot of stress on students and also on ourselves. Although there have been a few hitches along the way and um, the vast majority of our students um, for this academic year have been able to get to their host and um, destinations and are in are beginning their new experience. Um, we would expect uh, that, that the, the, the process um, will get smoother as, as time progresses and as we move into semester two. So in terms of the Global Opportunities team, um, our aim is to promote and support students um, with international study and work programmes. We're, we're quite a small team um, of six based in the Student Guidance Centre. Um, and for those that are unfamiliar where the Student Guidance Centre is, it's just uh, directly across from the main landing building 
um, above the, the bank. Um, today, um, like I said earlier, is about giving you an insight into the opportunities. Um, we would encourage everyone to review our website to find out more specific details on these programs. Um, we engage with students on a daily basis through email, through video calls, um, our virtual drop-in sessions, and we organize a range of information sessions. Uh, so after Go Global Week, um, we'll be running sessions on specific programs right throughout semester one and two. Um, please, if you're interested in finding out more about individual programs or going to these sessions, go on to My Future, um, and you can see all the sessions there, and you can sign up to them. Um, and you can also book a drop-in appointment, um, a virtual drop-in appointment um, with, with ourselves and the Global Opportunities team. So um, I'll get started um, with um, our programmes and uh, the, the range of programmes that we'll be promoting today are Erasmus Study, Erasmus Work. I'll touch on the Turing Scheme. Um, we'll hear from our students who went out in Erasmus placements and then my colleague Rory will talk about the European Movement Ireland, the Student Language Bureau and Summer Schools. So in terms of Erasmus Study, um, I suppose Erasmus has always been our most popular programme each year, and if you exclude by the last year, uh, we would have approximately 80 or so, 80 and above students who would go out on optional compulsory study exchanges um, through the Erasmus programme. Um, this is across all schools, um, and Queen's has over 200 links with institutions all over Europe. Um, some schools have loads of links, for instance, uh, history, uh, anthropology, politics, and philosophy have about 40 links. Um, with institutions over Europe, um, and some others may have less than that, some, some have less than 10. Um, the links um, have been set up um, for mutually benefit, beneficial study exchange um, and have been running, and some of them have been running for, for decades. Um, Erasmus itself has been running for years, and as you may be aware, unfortunately, the UK government has decided not to participate in, in Erasmus at the end of its current cycle. That ends in May of 2023. Uh, it means that there's a, there is a framework in place for exchange um, and uh, for next academic year. Um, uh, and also the UK government has introduced a new programme called Turing um, to replace Erasmus. Um, and I'll get on to I'll touch on that later on in the in the presentation. So the, the program, the Erasmus um, study placement um, study program allows students to undertake a study exchange for either one semester um, or one academic year. Um, exchanges are open to most schools. However, um, some disciplines and year groups are restricted. Um, the program itself is open to any students from any nationality um, and there is financial support available through the Erasmus grant. This amounts to either 370 euros or 420 euros per month, depending on the cost of living of your host country. And as an example, Sweden with a high cost of living, students going there would receive 420 euros per month, and um, whereas Spain would be determined as a low cost of living, um, so students there would receive around 370 euros per month. In terms of tuition fees, um, students who normally qualify for UK student support uh, or loans uh, and who spend a full year in Erasmus placement will pay no tuition fees to Queen's. Um, this doesn't apply to Erasmus students, sorry, to international students. Um, the fee waiver, uh, that fee waiver is agreed at the start of each academic year by the Department for the Economy. And we would hope that it would be in place for next academic year, but we would just have to wait for clarification towards the end of the year. But again, we hope that it will be in place. 
Students who spend part of a year or one semester on an Erasmus placement pay the normal full tuition fee um, to Queen's. So applications for undertaking an Erasmus study placement, um, what we would advise is um, you go on to our website and look at all the links that um, you can go to um, within your school. Um, and once you've got narrowed down where you'd like to go, contact the Erasmus program director in your school. And um, this is where the applications are made through. Um, the details of who the Erasmus program director for your school are on our website. Um, they look after the academic side of the programs, the academic aspects, whereas we would look after the likes of the Erasmus grant and kind of links with the different institutions. Um, the closing date for applications is usually around about March, and this is in line with um, the deadlines, uh, the nomination deadlines to the host institutions. Uh, we will be running an Erasmus inf study information session on Wednesday, the 17th of November, um, and you can sign up to that through My Future, so there's more details on My Future. So, in terms of Erasmus work, um, they, this, uh, we, we provide um, funding for, uh, for work placements also um, who can uh, meet the criteria for Erasmus funding. Um, the placement must be a recognised part of your degree. And the duration of the placement must be a minimum of two months and um, with funding potentially up to 12 months if you're on a 12-month placement. Uh, placements can be anywhere in Europe um, and if they are in the Republic of Ireland, funding may be through the, the Turing scheme rather than Erasmus. Uh, again, similar to Erasmus study, um, they, it's open to students of any nationality to apply for this funding um, and then also similarly there is financial support through the Erasmus grant. Um, this amounts to about 470 euros um, or 520 euros, again, depending on the cost of living of your host country. Um, in terms of tuition fees, um, students who normally qualify for UK support loans, and um, again, who spend a full year on Erasmus placement, wouldn't pay any tuition fees to Queen's. Similarly to Erasmus study, that doesn't all apply to international students. You just pay the normal fees to Queen's. Um, again, Students who spend the part of the year on Erasmus work placement would pay the normal tuition fees to Queen's. Applications are a little bit different for this. Um, they're made through your placement office. So you're, you're, once you uh, contact your placement office and organise the placement um, through them, um, they will provide you with the application form. And then once, it's, uh, once you complete it, it comes through to our office. Um, we would ask that their applications are made as soon as possible. Um, and we have a kind of a cutoff, which is, I suppose, a little bit fluid, but we kind of look at about eight weeks prior to the commencement of your placement, if you can get that, that form um, through to ourselves. Um, you can find uh, out more information on Erasmus study and Erasmus work placements uh, on our website, which is www.qub.ac.uk forward slash Erasmus. So uh, I mentioned before about touching on the Turing scheme. Um, uh, the, the current Erasmus programme ends in May 2023 and the UK government decided against association with the, the successor programme, um, which is due to begin after that, uh, instead it introduced a new programme called Turing. Um, so, so what does this mean for you? In terms of Erasmus Study Exchange, uh, we'll still have a framework to send and receive students um, on the Erasmus programme um, up until May 2023. Um, and we will use Erasmus funding um, for those placements. 
after the after that date, after 2023, we'll be asking our partners to continue with these Erasmus links um, uh, through the Turing scheme. Um, for work placements in mainland Europe, we will continue to use Erasmus funding um, for the Erasmus grants um, with any placements um, to the Republic of Ireland being funding through the Turing scheme. Um, as Turing, Turing is a new source of funding um, with a global viewpoint rather than just uh, Europe, um, we may see the introduction of new international partners across the world as well as maybe short and uh, potentially summer programs being introduced as well. But we will provide more uh, guidance on that um, through my future if those programs are set up. Um, we would hope to provide also more information on the Turing scheme later in the year. So for those uh, thinking of doing an Erasmus study, um, organize an Erasmus work placement um, during next economic year, um, that's not to the Republic of Ireland, um, you'll still be funded through um, the, the Erasmus, Erasmus funds and the study links will still be available up until May 2023. After May 2023, we would hope that we will still have those links in place, but it will be through the Turing scheme. So we're going to hear from some of our students now, and if I can ask um, uh, Thomas, Michelle and Emer to just turn on your mics and on your cameras now, um, and we'll go through a few questions um, with them. So first of all, folks, uh, thanks very much again for, for coming along. It's always, I can speak for hours on the different programmes, but it's always better to hear for five minutes from yourselves because it means so much more. Because you've been there, you've lived the program, and you have experienced it as well. So um, I might get you to do a quick um, introduction um, just to yourself, um, your year of study, um, and your Queen's experience to be um, because you're the first picture there. Uh, Eor, I might get you to start, and just a just a quick thirty seconds. Yeah, sure. Um, my name is Ibra. I study international business with French. I'm now in my final year. Um, and last year I undertook a compulsory work placement um, in Luxembourg and I worked for EY. Um, I worked in the HR recruitment team. And yeah, so I started in October 2020 and I came home there in July 2021. So kind of at an awkward point with the pandemic and everything, but luckily I was able to go and I received all of my Erasmus funding, and yeah, it was a great experience. Thanks very much, um, Eber and Michelle. Seems for yourself, just a quick overview. Okay, so I'm Michelle. I study law and Spanish, and I'm currently in my final year. Um, so last year I was able to only undertake a semester just because of COVID. So I went in the start of February, and I came back in July there, and it was honestly amazing. <laughs> I had so much fun. Um, I studied in Spain, so it was such a really good opportunity to be able to study in Spanish and learn Spanish, so I really enjoyed myself. Brilliant. Thanks very much, Michelle. Um, and finally, Thomas, um, to yourself. Uh, yeah, I'm Thomas. I do international business with French as well, and last year I was also in Luxembourg, although I went out a wee bit earlier than Ema did. I did a July uh, 2020 to August 2021, so just about a year-long stint there. And yeah, I really had a great experience as well. No complaints on my part. Um, yeah. Yeah, I suppose, um, I'll stick with yourself, Thomas. Why, why did you choose Luxembourg um, to go to? I know that your course requires a placement um, and you're studying French, so obviously there's, there's, there's links there. But what made you think about Luxembourg and, and Naples? 
Uh, to be brutally honest, um, with the pandemic situation, it was the only placement that um, actually offered, that I got offered that I was successful in getting. So for me, and in terms of that, the situation at that time, it was either not do a placement or go to or take this one up in Luxembourg. And whilst I was apprehensive to begin with, because to be honest, I'd never really heard too much about Luxembourg, let alone being there. Um, it turned out to be completely the correct decision, and I have absolutely no regrets whatsoever. Brilliant. Um, and I suppose, Emer, um, I'll, I'll ask you the same question. You know, mm-hmm. you're a compulsory placement. You had to go out. You probably could have went to France. You know, what, what was what was your thinking? Yeah, uh, for me, it was a wee bit different. I got mine quite early in the year. So in my second year, I secured it, um, I would say, quite early. Um, and the reason I secured it that early was because I was really interested in EY as a company. So my focus was actually the company rather than the country. Um, and then Kieran McMullen from the placement office, which a lot of people probably know, um, pointed me in the direction of Kerry Smith, who was a she's a graduate or she's been graduated a few years now from Queens and that's where she did her placement so for me it was more about um working with EY or one of the big four and then Luxembourg was just kind of a coincidence but um just like Tom I had an amazing time and um, I would encourage other people to take a chance with Luxembourg and go there and not just like don't be afraid to go away from France or Belgium like you can try other French-speaking countries. Yeah, no, really good advice. Yeah, brilliant. Um, and I suppose, Michelle, um, again, yours would have been a compulsory placement. Um, what made you choose uh, Salamanca, the University of Salamanca? Um, so, like, we had three options. We had we had a choice between Zaragoza, which is near Barcelona, Madrid, or Salamanca. And I'd been in contact with pe- uh, students who'd graduated um from my course and a lot of them said Salamanca is the best place to go and I said oh why is that and we just said because it's so central it's quite a small city that you're able to like um like you can walk everywhere everything's really cheap it's got a really good kind of balance between study and nightlife it's and it's one of I think it's one of Spain's biggest Erasmus like uh, student cities so that kind of really drove me to go there because I was really wanted a uh, experience where I could meet loads of different students from all across the world so it really proved the best because I met people from just everywhere. <laughs> yeah and um, you know what one of the things that um, always interests me is, is the first the first week the first couple of weeks um, and how you know sometimes students would kind of suffer from homesickness or you, know, you kind of go out there and you realize I'm so far away from home. Uh, I'll stick with yourself Michelle how did you get on in those first weeks and was it a real was it really a culture shock? You know, how did you get kind of integrated into life in Spain? Um, it was kind of a culture shock because when I left, everything in Ireland was completely shut down. But when I went to Spain, everything was open. So there was just people everywhere. And that was kind of a bit of a, took time to get used to. But um, I personally, I didn't really get homesick a lot. Um, I was kind of really just trying to take advantage of the whole opportunity because I genuinely didn't know, like, didn't think I'd get any Erasmus opportunity at all. Um, but, you know, like Salamanca had a lot of Irish bars, weirdly. So we would go to the Irish bars and it would just be like just sitting in a pub back home. And Salamanca also had like a lot of other Irish students as well who studied in like Trinity or UCD. So we all kind of made up a group and then we just kind of, it was just kind of like a little bit of home was with us. So it was, I don't know. 
Yeah, and um, I suppose um, I'll, I'll go to yourself, Thomas. The same same sort of question to you. You know, getting going out to Luxembourg. Luxembourg to me is alien. Um, it's just a like a tiny, wee small country in the middle of Europe. You know, how did you get on those first few weeks? Um, yeah. Yeah, um, the first few weeks were always going to be difficult, seeing as it was a completely new place, and I was kind of this was before Ema had come over to Luxembourg, so I was kind of completely by myself. But for me, what I found um, the best way to make friends, for me personally anyway, is to join the local rugby club. So as soon as I got there, I got in, in contact with Rugby Club Luxembourg. And through them, I kind of got to know all the rugby boys in um, Luxembourg who became some of my best friends. But also in my, in my um, the first three months in my accommodation, I was lucky enough that one of the other people I was living with was one of the um, old... Um, UL Limerick interns who, who was just coming to the end of her contract there. So she, she put me in contact with the new Limerick interns who were coming over to Luxembourg. And then through that, we kind of formed, um, similarly to Michelle there, a um, kind of a big group of Irish interns, plus me being kind of like the token English folk who kind of just <laughs> And full of them, and similarly, yeah, there was a weirdly large amount of Irish bars in Luxembourg. So we were kind of floating around there, meet, then meeting all the older Irish who were out there. So, yeah, the first few weeks were, you know, slightly tough, but everything kind of fell into place after that. Yeah, it seems to be a common theme here with Irish bars, but um, <laughs> I suppose it is. You mentioned there about um, joining the rugby club, and, and you know we would always advise students going out on, on whether it's study or workplaces, you know, to help with that integration in the first few weeks. Is you know join clubs and get to know people, and it just helps so much to get over the homesickness and get 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 integrated into life. And um, so I suppose Emer, um, similar to yourself, you know, maybe you had you had Thomas to maybe lean on when you got there, but you know how did you get on in those first few weeks? Yeah, um, so I did have Tom and that was great because he was out there a few months um, before me. So it meant he kind of had a, a group of people um, that he knew already and introduced me to them. So that was a really big help. Um, apart from that, in work, um, I find that kind of getting to know your colleagues, like other interns and so on, um, everyone's there kind of for the same reason. So if you just keep that in mind that everyone else is nervous and everyone else um, is also on Erasmus. So that was a really good way to kind of integrate. And then also um, you'll probably end up staying in a shared accommodation or something like that. So getting to know your roommates is really important because um, that's kind of like a, a home for you then. And I kind of really formed great friendships with people I never would have expected to meet, like people from Brazil, people from Portugal, just places I never um, would have gone for, um, for Erasmus. And so it was great to meet those people in Luxembourg because it's so international. So I would say, yeah, just reach out to the people you see every day and try to form um, lots of friendships as many as you can. Yeah, you mentioned um, about uh, accommodation, and it's probably something that you know everybody thinks about when they're the, you know they're thinking about a, a, you know going on any of these um, opportunities. How was your accommodation, um, Emer? How did you how did you get on with it? What you know what was it what was it like? Mm -hmm. uh, for me, uh, well, in Luxembourg, there's only really. Um, two kind of options um, and both of them are agencies that are shared accommodation so I found it through the help of Kieran McMullen um, in the placement office and also Kerry Smith who got me my placement or kind of introduced me to the EY 
so for that it was quite difficult because um it's a lot of first of all it's a lot of um time and money to put down because you have to put down things like a deposit you know it's not really like student accommodation it's just shared housing with people of any age or whatever so um that was quite difficult to navigate but i think um at the end of the day everybody was kind of in the same boat if you chatted to people at work they'd be like oh i'm with that agency i'm with that i live with six people or oh, i live with you know 12 people so everybody was pretty much in the same boat um in luxembourg and everyone who worked in like the corporate world was also like living in the same kind of circumstances so it was good because you could get advice from people regarding that but yeah at the start it was hard to to find and to navigate because everything is also quite expensive over there uh, the living costs are quite high so I'm sure Tom like was the same because we were kind of uncertain if we were going out or not putting down such a deposit was um, quite intimidating but it all paid off in the end and luckily there was um, kind of things put in place to protect us for COVID and everything so it was fine. Yeah, and um, I'll, I'll ask the same question to yourself, um, Michelle. Um, you know, going out to uh, Salamanca, did you did you live in, in university halls, or how did you find the accommodation and the overall kind of costs of living out there? Um, so three of us went out together at the one time. So we decided because we weren't too sure what the whole pandemic pandemic situation was like. So we decided we'd live together, and. Um, we ended up just going for an Airbnb just because we thought that might be the safest kind of option to go just with the pandemic and so we weren't living with people that we didn't really know and stuff like that. Um, but we found the cost of living was quite cheap in the sense because um, like drinks in Spain are quite cheap, the food's quite cheap, um, to go out for meals and like enjoy yourself it was quite cheap so we kind of tried to make the most out of that um, and then one of my other friends from Queen's who came out, she stayed in university halls and that was kind of really cool because she would introduce us to like all these flatmates that she was with who were actually native Spain Spanish speakers and it was just it was really interesting to kind of get like even though we didn't stay in the halls we still kind of got to interact and meet people who lived there as well so it was really cool. Yeah um, I suppose I mentioned accommodation but accommodation is one of the things that um, you know is a stress point I suppose um, for students going out on global opportunities what we would always advise is you know, try and do your, your research early and you know, look about where, you know, if it is a study placement, looking at, at if the university is hall to residence, if they're open to international students, um, if they don't, where can you get um, yeah, accommodation? Um, and the, the quicker it's done, the, kind of the, the more you'll start to enjoy your experience then, then when you get over. Um, Thomas, what about the, um, the, the the skills that you gain from your experience? You know your your professional and personal skills. Obviously, you're you're in a, in, a, in a work environment. How did you did you did you learn many skills um, that you could use going forward in your career? So. Uh, yeah, so obviously my internship was in um, client accounting, which kind of doesn't have too much similarity with the course I'm doing here at Queen's. It was kind of a whole new area that I needed to get my head around. So it was a lot of like perseverance, termination, time management. And then also, as Eva said, Luxembourg is such an international place. So a lot of the people you'll be working with are from every corner of the earth. So it's kind of getting your head around how to interact with each nationality because everyone has their own ways of doing things and it's how to keep on top of that so you're doing things in the most like efficient way but in terms of, like personal it was more just that now i know that if after uni i was going to go somewhere different somewhere abroad 
like America, Canada, or anywhere really I could do it because I've just spent a year doing that. So now, now after I finish uni, I'm heavily considering leaving the UK and Ireland and going further afield just because I know I can. Yeah, and you were a lot of students say, would you agree with that, um, Michelle and, and Emer, um, A lot of students would say that after doing a global experience. Yeah, it definitely gives you like an added sense of just, you get you become more confident in yourself and like your ability to like navigate through a brand new place that you've never been. And you've done the hard part, um, which is putting yourself out there, getting out and doing new experiences and kind of, I think you kind of find a lot about yourself when you do stuff like this. And for me, it's definitely just like Tom. I'm definitely considering working in Europe 100% because I know that I can, I can do it. I can, I can find like go there and integrate in and just get find a really good experience there. Yeah, and what about yourself? Same, same as well, um, Emma. Yeah, I think the same. I think that by the time you leave your international placement, whether it was um, study or work, you're almost like a different person. You kind of have a new outlook and you have a new view on yourself. Um, like for me, EY just chewed me up and spat me out, to be honest, and I just became hyper efficient. I think if I went into a grad job now, I would definitely take those skills with me, just the efficiency, time management and everything like Tom said. Um, so yeah, absolutely really, really valuable. And you kind of feel a bit, that you can take on the world then after that you just feel very fearless and confident in yourself yeah well look a couple of things the, tomorrow we've got the go global virtual international fair which has got loads of organizations coming along um that offer you know graduate opportunities and undergrad opportunities um, and postgrad opportunities as well um, and also next week we've got the graduate recruitment placement fair um, so there will be loads of domestic opportunities and opportunities all over the world so um, those are two great events for anybody thinking about um, doing any uh, global opportunities or working globally um, to get to. Um, we're going to probably try to wrap up now a wee bit, um, folks, but I suppose, is there any specific experiences that you remember from your time either in Luxembourg or Spain that really stand out and really kind of typify your, 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 your global experience? Um, I'll come to yourself, um, Emer, first, that you know, anything that you, stands out. Yeah, um, I'd probably say generally meeting um, people from all different countries uh, that I said before I never thought I'd meet. And secondly, probably the trips that we got to go on. So Luxembourg, if anyone doesn't know, is like slap bang in the middle of Europe. It's borders Germany, Belgium, France. Um, so we got to go to Germany um, and also Belgium on some trips and also into the countryside of Luxembourg away from the city which is kind of like um, somewhere you would never go for work. Everything's kind of central. So we got to discover that landscape and everything. So those experiences for me are really stand out and the, the people I've met, definitely. Number one. What about yourself, Michelle? Um, so yeah, definitely the same traveling. Um, whenever I went to Spain, you weren't allowed to travel without the region. So I was like stuck inside the region of like Castileon, which turned out to be a good thing because there was, I guess, an Erasmus trip group. So they organized trips for Erasmus students and we all signed up and went and we were able to meet loads of people from like France, from Tennessee, from Texas, from Costa Rica, Dominican Republic, places that you'd never have the exposure of meeting these people. And so we we went trips throughout like the region of Castilleon, which is honestly, it's so stunning. And I, I genuinely don't think I would have been able to see that if I didn't go with this group. And then 
like I went to Barcelona um just after the whole country kind of opened up and I just remember it was like one of those like out of body experiences where like everyone was just on the beach fireworks were going off and you was just like this is amazing so yeah definitely the whole travel side of it and just experiencing the country was just um and meeting new people was yeah it was amazing brilliant and yourself Thomas uh, yeah, it's a common theme, but I'd say the travel. Um, we kind of try to get into every European country that we could feasibly possibly get into, which led to us going to Romania for a long weekend, which is somewhere I never thought I would be going on holiday before, and it turned out to be one of the best trips of my life, really. Uh, but more than that, it was kind of just the social life away from working because when you're on doing it like a work Erasmus trip, there's so much more to that whole year or how many months you're there than just the work as much as that is like the main reason why you're going like most like weekends that we weren't traveling. It was just our big group of kind of like Luxembourgish and Irish friends just going around and just chilling in parks or going to the pubs or something like that. So yeah, it's as much the social experience as well. Brilliant. Brilliant folks. Um, one, one last question I will ask is that do you find yourselves that you've built up any new skills from doing it? Is your like and when talking about skills, I mean more like your confidence and your resilience. Would you agree? And I'm not gonna ask this to anybody specifically, just you know, would you agree that you know you, this it helps not only of your, your career, but also your kind of personal outlook and your confidence and your resilience? And anybody can answer answer that. So like I studied Spanish and before I kind of went out there, I was kind of, I kind of wasn't really confident in my skills, but now that I've studied at a Spanish uni, I've handed in assignments that are in Spanish. Um, I've talked to people, native Spanish speakers and, you know, just having like the Spanish speakers be like, oh yeah, your Spanish is really good. You kind of like get like a wee bit of a lift and a buzz and coming back, I've kind of find myself kind of being a way more confident and handed in Spanish assignments and just like speaking out and, and with my Spanish which is something I probably wouldn't have necessarily done before and just branching out a bit more and looking for more kind of Spanish opportunities as well which is um it's it has really um lifted my confidence level in terms of my fluency and stuff so it was pretty good bu big buzz. But yeah we, we would kind of when we're talking to students who have come back from these sort of experiences and maybe even talking them from before they go out you can see you know the, the enthusiasm and the confidence and um, just flowing with them so so look folks thank you very much for coming along and sharing your experience really really appreciate it um and i hope um, that any of our students coming along and hearing about it today will, will you know kind of consider um, doing um, a global experience from here in the families so look i'll get you to switch off your cameras and your your mics um and but again thanks very much um for coming along um and look i'll hand back over to rory and um, who will continue on with the session thanks very much conleth and i just want to take the opportunity to thank the students as well i find that very very interesting it's great to hear about your first-hand experiences and how you get on um in terms of sort of the next few slides i just want to share some further international european opportunities with you the first one is uh, european movement ireland um, it's an independent, not-for-profit organisation, and its aim is basically to build collaboration between sort of Europe, the EU, and the institutions of the European Union. Uh, interesting enough, it's the oldest Irish organisation dealing with the EU, and it was set up in 1954. This actually predates sort of Ireland's membership of the EEC in 1973. 
So I suppose there, there's a good use of my history and politics degree. Um, for yourselves as students, though, uh, the EMI provides an excellent service for raising awareness of the career opportunities in the EU. So on an annual basis, they produce what's called the Green Book. And the Green Book is a guide to living and working in Brussels and Strasbourg. Um, it's written from first-hand experiences from trainees, graduates, and sort of experienced professionals. It gives you insights into what traineeships and what graduate jobs are available. But it also gives you that sort of first-hand information on what it's like to sort of live and work within the sort of EU cities and sort of, you know, how to progress your career within those. Um, the best thing to, for you to do if you are interested in, in sort of getting this information is to go onto the European Movement Ireland website and you can sign up and on a weekly basis you'll receive sort of job updates, you receive sort of events and programs that are happening and just basically keeps, gives you a weekly reminder if you want to have a look at sort of jobs in the future. Let's say I signed up a, a few years ago and on a weekly basis I receive these emails and every now and again I'll just look in and, and see what opportunities are available. And it's, it's very, very useful, very interesting information for students. In terms of the next provider, I just want to language bureau so the students language bureau is effectively a student job platform um, it was developed originally by two uh, two students uh, Jennifer and Cameron um, Jennifer and Cameron have come over to Queens on a number of occasions to basically showcase what the student language bureau is about but what they offer is sort of gap years internships uh, summer jobs and graduate jobs throughout Europe and different parts of the world uh, Jennifer and Cameron developed the business themselves for, based on experiences of, that they had had of living and working abroad as students and thought themselves, right, well, there surely is a better way to do this. Uh, what we can do is provide a more personalised service to students and support students a lot better. Um, in terms of that sort of support and service, one of the things they do on top of just advertising the support to students to get jobs and internships is provide advice on accommodation. And I suppose... Um, Michelle and Emer and Tom would all sort of say, testify that you know finding accommodation in a different country can be quite stressful at times, and this is often a challenge students face. But the Student Language Bureau were there to sort of support students in sort of navigating the accommodation aspect of your of your experience. In terms of service itself, it's a free service. Um, I mentioned that it is personalised, so they will try and support you and find a job that suits you in a location and an interest and an industry that you're interested in and again similar to European Movement Ireland go onto the website and register with them and then you'll be able to get regular updates and be able to see some of the opportunities advertised. I had a look this morning and had quite a few jobs in various parts of the world so there's internships in Barcelona and Madrid, there's graduate jobs in Paris, there was teaching jobs in Hong Kong and Shanghai and there's a, a good range of locations and a good range of jobs available. So folks, in terms of uh, the final opportunity I'd like to draw your attention to is that of summer schools. So from time to time, we'll get students come and ask us about you know, what summer schools would we recommend or what advice would we give in terms of um, looking for summer schools. Well, first and foremost, a lot of universities offer summer schools over the sort of July and August period. Um, it's very difficult for us to say, well, these is a definitive, this is a definitive list of all the universities we would recommend. But if, there's, if you have one on mind, come and book in for a virtual appointment and we can have a chat about it. Um, 
Just by way of example, this summer we funded 12 students to take part in online summer schools at Utrecht University. So students um, were able to do courses such as financial law, uh, students had one in new technologies, European politics and European economy, and also a student did one in global transformations. Um, the feedback um, from that particular um, summer school was very, very good. And the students would definitely recommend it. I think the only problem was that it was online and there is definitely an eagerness for students to sort of travel out and do these in person. In terms of summer schools, uh, the main advice is to sort of look at the, the university and the reputation, um, go online and look at the course. So it could be a course that sort of builds on your existing knowledge. It could be something that sort of delves into a different area of your course or your subject area that you, you're just interested in or could just be something that you would like to try um, and learn a bit more about. Also just consider the cost. So we have seen courses that range from 100 euros right up to courses that cost 1500 euros. Um, you also have to factor then the cost of accommodation, travel, and then day-to-day -day costs. So do a bit of research and consider what you are getting for um, the money that you're paying. But also, you know, come and, um, speak to us sort of in semester two and inquire about scholarships so from uh, in terms of sort of funding we may potentially have funding for students to go on summer schools next year but also reach out to your faculty and your schools because they also may have some funding or scholarships available in terms of just sort of the final few slides i just want to remind you about some of the other events we have taking place so tomorrow we have our main go global fair and as Conleth mentioned, we have a whole range of organisation and exhibitors coming along. So uh, my advice is to go online between 12 and 2 and just really get engaged and ask them very specific questions and find out as much information as possible. Uh, they are very keen to speak with you and sort of engage with you. On Thursday, we have our final information session and that is focusing on the opportunities available in Asia. And similar today, we'll just go through the opportunities. We'll have a few students that participated in programmes in Asia and just give you an insight into the programs. If you have missed any of the information sessions so far, so the two that took place yesterday, uh, feel free to drop us an email and we can send you a recording of that. Um, just finally, um, if you have any questions that you haven't already put in the chat, you can email us at goglobal.qb.ac.uk. We've included our telephone number, but at the minute we are sort of working sort of a few days in the office and then the rest of the week at home. So my advice is just in the first instance, drop us an email because they're quite off, quite possibly there won't be someone in the office to answer the phone. But at least if you drop by email, you'll be guaranteed a response. Um, it's also been mentioned we have our drop-in sessions. So uh, you can go onto my future and book a 15 minute uh, video call. And it's just an opportunity for us to have an informal conversation with you about you know, broadly what we offer, but also then if you want, just talk about more specific programs in detail. And it's just a very informal 15 minute chat. Uh, just finally, um, I'm just gonna show a, a short video. And whilst we're showing it, if there's any further questions you wanna put in the chat, we can address them or just answer them after the video is over.
So I, I do see um, a couple of questions um, that have come through, but I think my colleague, might have, uh, Donna, might have, might have answered them. Um, Eleanor has asked, when's the next Erasmus talk? There is, there's Erasmus talk on the, the 17th of November, um, and you can uh, sign up um, throughout through my future um, to go along to that. Um, and I just will put up um, one last link, if I can, for the for the fair, if you just bear with me one second. So the fair, the, the international fair is taking place tomorrow um, from 12 to 1. Um, sorry, this link is just not working at the minute. Um, typical, but it doesn't work um, just when you need it. Um, I'd add it in here, Connor, sure. Oh, thank you very much, Roy. That's, uh, that's the link to the fur, and I'm just going to drop in a very quick link to the information session tomorrow, so the opportunities in Asia. If, um, I'm sure there'll be quite a bit of interest in that as well. Um, apart from that there, I think that's most. That's all the questions covered. And um, if there's sort of any other questions students have, we'll get them just to email go global at qb.ac.uk or just have we chat with uh, booking for a virtual one-to-one -one appointment. Brilliant, thanks, thanks for that. And look, we'll just finally thank um, our three students um, for coming along um, today and sharing their experience. Um, and we would hope to um, we hope to see everybody at the fair tomorrow. Um, there's, like I said before, there's 35 organisations offering work, study and, and, and volunteering opportunities there. So you know, even if this is just your starting point, um, or you're want to talk to a specific organisation, it's worth registering um, and coming along and finding out more information. So folks, we'll, we'll leave it there um, and we'll wrap up. So thanks for coming along today. We hope it has proved useful. Um, and, and yeah, we'll, um, we'll, we'll, we'll sign off. Thanks very much everyone for coming along. Bye bye. You've been listening to a podcast from the Careers, Employability and Skills team at Queen's. Music by Ben Sound. To access more Go Global Week 2021 resources from Queen's, please visit our website, go.qb.ac.uk forward slash careers, or follow at QB Careers on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter.